At 09.31, it is Views and News Digital 12, me, Clarence, uh, and you're welcome to be part of the conversation via WhatsApp at 072-567-1567. Your calls at 021-446-0567. Mondays through to Thursdays, just after 9.30, Barbara Friedman joins us, and we take a look at things trending via social media. Sometimes they square with our news, and sometimes, most, most of the times they don't. Well, sometimes I choose to go a little bit more quirky, and on some days there's just no getting away from the news. The absolute tragedies, mm. tragic news. And, and I would is, suggest today is one such today day. Today is one such day. I mean, it started out earlier or, lo- or last night when I woke up at some ridiculous hour and saw earthquake trending. And that is another story coming out of Joburg. But obviously the one that has overtaken that completely is the Joburg CBD fire. And now, as Graham mentioned, the death toll rising to 64. Um, and that's just been creeping up the whole morning. And just, um, you know, I don't want to over, I mean, we've already heard a lot about it on the news, but just some of the terrible xenophobic kind of comments all over the platform X, people responding to the fact that these were illegal foreigners in this building, that it was a total, um, you know, shack, you know, squatter camp, informal settlement built within this terrible block of flats. It was already like obviously falling apart. Um, Actually, um, the authorities actually saying that, uh, you know, that uh, there were structures within the building that had been created, obviously, to make additional living spaces. And I suppose that all adds up to a tinderbox. And I must say that within a couple of hours, the internationals were all picking up on the story, and it's been on everything from... You know, the Guardian, the New York Post, the every international. You don't expect CNN. it to happen in in Joburg. but the fact. Well, um, you know what? A month ago, we were reporting on the road that exploded. No, exactly. You know, and the C- Joburg CBD was trending. Now Joburg CBD is trending. Well, you can expect it to happen in Joburg now, but it's not something that you'd expect. Not convention. Not traditionally. I think that's the yeah. That's, I think I that's say. that's the point that I'm that I that I'm making, and I think everything points no, to politics not not uh, having absolutely. been. And just this kind of, and I know people just going, I mean, living in Joburg is just a this, lot. this was the pride of the African continent for a very long time. I and know. yes, it was Eurocentric. And yes, post-1994, it did take in a more, um, let's just uh, say, uh, post-independence African kind of feel. But it needs to be managed, especially that hijacking of buildings and I mean, absent hide, and errant I mean, landlords. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just sad. And it could have been a solution. And it's a, you know, it is a catch-22. I get it. You know, those red ants in Joburg, which, you know, people absolutely castigate. You know, how they come in and they just evict people and throw this stuff out. But at the same time, you know, having people living cheek by jowl in, an, in a dangerous structure is um, also not okay. I don't have. A, I mean, I don't know what the solution is, but I'm not the town, pl- the, you know, the planner in Joburg. Well, the solution is that you can't live in an unsafe building. You cannot live that in an unsafe building. That is the responsibility building. of government. You've yeah. got to be. No, it's a, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, you're going to evict people onto the street. Where are you going to put them? Well, it's again, it's been something that's been been happening, yeah. and it's in this vacuum. It's been it's been self perpetuating. It's been getting worse. Yeah. And what has happened today could very easily happen to. I would suggest a couple of hundred buildings in Joburg CBD Definitely. at this moment in time. And in fact, in some other articles, it says this is, I think, the fourth or fifth 
fire such in the last number of months um, in the same kind of buildings, these kinds of buildings. So it is dominating socials, and it will be, um, and as I said, uh, we're counting. But I'm moving on to a slightly more quirky story out of the United States, and this is about a 29-year-old woman. Her name is Emily Benshota, and she's taken to to TikTok in the last few months, and the story revolves around her getting a job which she applied for and um, did a an interview on the phone she didn't do a video interview and it's a front of house role in the hospitality industry and when she pitched up for the job the employers said that her pink hair and when I heard first read the article I thought maybe it was a big shock of pink hair she's actually got long brown hair that is pink towards the end so it's quite a lot of pink but she says that is who she is. She she knows that in her essential heart and soul she is has pink hair. And so she doesn't want to change the color. But when she got to the job, her new manager, who had no idea what she looked like, decided that there was no way she would be allowed to to do this job, this front of house job with her pink hair. So she has taken to, you know, her rebellious sort of uh, action is that she covers her hair with the ugliest wigs she can find. And I just find the whole thing completely hilarious. And if you go to the videos, which have got so many um, views, she's got the most bizarre and ugliest wigs you can find. And she's had like, you know, 55,000 views, 2.3 million views, so many views on her thing. And they're very entertaining. And she jokes about it. And in every video, she's got a more like hilarious, ridiculous wig on. And yet apparently she can go to work with these ridiculous, ugly wigs, but she can't go to work with her sort of brown and pink hair. And I just thought that was quite a great social story and how i love the way she's uh, she's taken on she calls it she calls it malicious compliance <laughs> <laughs> so if you're out there and you you feel like you're, you're being forced to dress in a certain way or and i don't know has that happened to you i mean i've always worked in it i work in this media industry where it's quite casual people come smart people come more sort of uh what casual Friday vibes every day here. Yep. People here have blue hair. People ha- have um, Mohicans that are dyed. Uh, and our own you on the receiving end of this will never know. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, we do work in a much more chilled industry, don't yeah, we? we do. Um, but anyway, they obviously decided they weren't well, going to yeah, try. I mean, it's you that you bring the cameras in. <laughs> You force us to go to the middle before we come to work. I know, I know. Okay, so, yeah, pink hair doesn't work, clearly. Um, I'd like to know why not. Is there a reason, no reasons? No, I mean, obviously this is a hospitality industry and they've decided that their customers want to see people who are very conventional. And I'm just thinking in this day and age, is that really true? You know, it's a bit like the stories we keep telling or talking about around the tattoos. You know, the various jobs that say, you know, if you've got visible tattoos, it's a problem. Um, we've had those quite a lot of the of presenters have done that on air, yeah. you know. And obviously, people kind of going, "Well, I make sure my tattoos don't go below my shirt sleeve or up but beyond my shirt collar because I'm I'm penalised for that or I'm I'm you know." Mm. So these are interesting things. The world has changed, people. Move on. Move on. And then finally, this is one of my favorite organizations. I follow them on social media. It's called the Owl Rescue Center. It's based in Hartebeersport. And if you do go to their Facebook page and decide to follow them, 
It is actually an amazing organization that is always rescuing our amazing owls from precarious situations. Like sometimes you'll find like a, a supermarket. You know, an owl has managed to get itself its living up in a sort of supermarket or in a factory, often in a factory. And then the factory people phone owl, the owl rescue center and they come and they actually manage to rescue it and take it to the sanctuary or take it to a place that's free. And this is a story they posted yesterday that I just think is quite an interesting one. They were contacted about a little fella, as they call it, it was a little baby owlet that was being held in a pet shop yesterday afternoon. They went there. The shop owner had him advertised as a tiger owl for the special price of 4,999 rand. Um, now, tiger owls, they say, says Owl Rescue, more commonly known as great horned owls, are native to the Americas and not found in South Africa. If you did have one, and this is the nub of it, if it's an exotic owl, you actually are allowed, and I don't agree with this, but you are allowed to sell them in certain provinces because they're considered exotic. Thankfully, this little fluffball isn't actually that owl. Mm -hmm. It's an indigenous spotted eagle owlet, and you are not allowed to sell them in this country. Eagle owlet? Well, it's a baby owl. It's called an eagle owl. Okay, I want to just a, Google that. Yeah, and it's a little fluffy version because it's very young. And um, because this is not an, in, an exotic owl, it is an indigenous owl. You are not allowed to be selling that in a pet shop. And so they said here, and I'm going to read from their post, after a few minutes of deliberation with the shopkeeper, we noticed by his facial expression that arguing with us about owl identification was futile. We gave him a few options. Fortunately, he chose our favorite, and the one where the owlet comes back with us with zero payment and zero extra negativity. And so they took the baby owl to its to freedom. But I do wonder, I mean, you can get charged for trying to sell um, indigenous animals, and um, maybe they just started, decided to not pursue it. Maybe they will pursue it. I'm actually not sure. But hundreds of comments on the post just saying, thank you so much for the work you do. Thank you for taking the little guy and, you know, back to where he belongs. So I just think the owl rescue is an amazing group. And they, if you go there, they do, they actually rescue lots of animals. They did a story a few days ago about these two mongoose. Is it mongooses? I don't know. Mongoosei? I don't know. <laughs> two mongooses in the Plansburg who managed to get into the back of a vehicle of a Joburg person who'd come on holiday to the Plansburg Reserve. Wow. Got home to his Joburg house and heard a bit of noise, went to the back and saw the two mongooses had hitchhiked, uh, the little bandits as they called them, they'd hitchhiked wow. to Joburg and he took them back oh, that's sweet. to Pilansburg and there's a lovely video of the Pilansburg uh, ranger receiving them back. Oh, that's sweet. You know what happened to me? I was on the golf course there recently. On the Gary, Gary Player course. No, I was on the other course. Yes. I was on the other course. The uh, and, and I was in my cart um, on the par three, which was a little distance yeah. away on the, on the green from the cart. And the vervet monkeys were in my wallet. And the one stole my asthma pump. Oh, and I think this was the third goodness. hold. I was, how am I going to do? Where was this course? This is uh, the in, Lost City Golf Course. Oh, my goodness. There are lots of them there, hey, the Vervets. They're the absolute cutest. They but I had to draw the line critters. when they stole my asthma pump, and I had to go chasing after them. Eventually, did they just Did you get dropped. it back? I did, yeah. Realize it wasn't edible. Yeah, no, they they kind of figured it out. They, they're probably, smart. Probably read the, the label. Read um, the label, said, you know what, I don't fine. have asthma. <laughs> Let me give it back to the guy. Thank you, Barbara. <laughs> Barbara Friedman, those are the things that are trending in social media today.
And we're going to understand a little more about um, these unsafe spaces that people are living in, how prone they are to fires just maybe, how serious the situation is. We know there are hundreds of buildings hijacked in um, Johannesburg CBD. Um, we now also know, we got a bit of a snapshot of what they look like having been invited in to get a sense of what living conditions are like there where this disaster is playing out. Um, yeah, are we, should we be bracing for more of these kind of tragedies playing out? And to help us just think through issues, Professor Richard Walls, Professor in Structural and Fire Engineering at the 